You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded in Kingston, Ontario, Canada. The wedding had to be fun. Get the decorations, families coming together. That's a nice moment. What'd you have to eat? Crab cakes. Are you kidding me? Crab cakes? How could you not have a good time eating crab cakes? I love them. And They're you phenomenal. Did you have a band? It's a great band. It's a bad band. It's like pizza, baby. It's good no matter what. There's music in the get air. Them playing, shout. Yeah. Hey, a little bit oh, 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 hey, Shout now. Jump up and shout now. It's now time for a Taylor and Dan wedding update. Here's Taylor. So it is official. I am now a married woman. COVID be damned. We got married, Dan and Cheating I. Cheating applause. <laughs> That's fantastic. Congratulations, yeah. Taylor. And to Dan, too. Congratulations to both of you. Um, Thanks. We're happy. Uh, I'm, I'm really, like I said last week, I'm really glad you were able to, to actually get this done just because of, of the way things are going. I'm sure it's a load off your shoulders just to know, okay, we did it. We got through it. Regardless of COVID, we we got the wedding done. Every, everyone's good. I assume everyone's safe and healthy and good. We'll know in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, we'll know in two weeks. Yeah, but but so far, I guess I like mean, everything looks good. Yeah, like we followed all of the um, COVID regulations. Um, so I mean, we followed COVID regulations as of the Friday. Um, right. I know my friends were letting me know, like my bridesmaids were like, I think Ford announced something else. And I'm like, well, it's too late now. But no, we definitely we were in, um, you know, uh, in compliance in terms yeah. of all the rules um, that we followed. It is, you know, unfortunately, cases are rising. So I'm really glad that we kind of stuck to our guns and got things done kind of under the wire. And now I'm trying to catch up on what the current rules are because there yeah. was some weird announcements over the weekend. And I went to I went to work and I'm like, do you guys know like what the rules are? And they're like, we were talking about it Friday. We don't really understand the new rules. So, so. I mean, you can tell from, from these rules. And I'm not saying this is good or bad. I'm just saying what I, I think you can tell. You can tell that they're doing everything they can to avoid shutting down businesses again because Without they're shutting they're, down. Yeah. Like they're basically like trying everything. Like you can't do, you know, I, I know you can't, they want to get rid of social bubbles so you can only really interact with your own household. And if you live alone, like me, they're not going to stop me from interacting with a household, but I live alone. It's different when you have large amounts of household. So I know that part of it. Cause I read that thoroughly. Cause I was like, wait, wait a minute. I'm not allowed to like, see anybody ever because i live alone um but that's not what it's more about larger households but yeah other other than that i i don't i i couldn't answer if someone said you tell me all the rules now i don't think i could give a a clear answer well i was just reading and i know like we don't want to get into it because it's not really up for debate like the rules are the rules yeah no we're um, gonna talk about your wedding and movies that's what we're here to do (laughs) but i was just like one thing I like was reading some of the new guidelines and I th- I was like, Kingston's already already doing all this. Like yeah. that's what was confusing. Kingston, Kingston's been ahead of the curve though. I mean, as much as like, there's lots to say all over the place. I think you got to give Kingston some credit. I mean, there's was, a lot of good things that have been done here. 
I was a little bit like, well, no wonder why some places are having problems. <laughs> like if this is only now this has been mandated. I mean, we won't really get into it, but that's just yeah. what I wanted to say. Just like, yeah. but like, we're already doing all that stuff. So. Yeah, no, 100, you're 100% right. But yeah, no, it was, I mean, it was I'm weird. sure I'm sure it was good, a good feeling to, to get everything done. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that our fans want to know, like, can you just give a, a quick rundown of how the ceremony was and maybe what guidelines you were working with? And did you find any of those things hard to do or was it, was it fine? So all things considered, I'd say the day went really well. Like it, we pulled it off without a hitch, which was really good. Um, and all things considered, it felt relatively normal. Um, aside from having to wear masks in the church and kind of, you know, you have to wear, um, mask when like moving around inside um i would say it felt like a a quote-unquote normal wedding um the biggest change was that originally we were going to um have the reception in the barn that we booked Mm -hmm. um but because of covid restrictions and how many people can be inside versus outside what we did is we moved everybody um outside and we got a tent so it was oh, kind of really? like it was kind of like being in an open air restaurant yeah. in a way. And, and the then, weekend weather seemed pretty decent. Like, did you did you skip the rain? Like, did you you were you okay weather wise? Um, so it was raining when we arrived at the barn on Friday to set up, but then mm-hmm. um, and then the rain cleared up in the afternoon, and then Saturday oh. was really beautiful. That's great. Um, yeah. We were we got married yeah. outside of Kingston. I don't know what it was like in Kingston, but where we were, um, it was really. It was really nice. That's awesome. Um, and so, you know, inside the barn, people had to wear their masks. And when they, yeah. like, went up to get their their plates for dinner, people wore their masks. But um, otherwise, it went really well. And we had, um, instead of having a DJ, we had a band. And um, that was really nice. We had one guest say, you know, they couldn't remember the last time they heard live music. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of like having like a private concert, which was which was really nice. Like people kind of just, you know, stood in their bubbles and like listened to the band yeah. play. They're a lo- they're a local band to Kingston, Tur- Turpin's Trail. Turpin's Trail, yeah. Yep. Are you familiar with them? Yes, my parents are big fans. They uh, see them every time. Every time they they were playing anywhere, my parents would go see Turpin's Trail. Oh, no kidding! Yeah. Yeah, so all, all our guests were really impressed by them. And I thought, well, what did you did you guys think I was going to book, like, a crummy band? Like, you know, obviously <laughs> Maybe they, they were... did. Maybe this is how you learn what people feel about your uh, music taste. Yeah, or, like, people heard, like, live band and they thought, like, yeah. maybe, like, wedding, like, wedding yeah, cover yeah. band. They didn't think you would get a, a really good band. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're really great and local to Kingston and they did a really wonderful job. And so I think probably one of the biggest changes that maybe people were used to was that the night ended fairly early like we everything kind of simmered down by 10 um but like Dan and I are like early birds so like for kind of some of the changes we had to make were actually like better for us like it suited us better like we we had dinner earlier like we served dinner at five o'clock and then the night ended by 10 so that's a little bit unusual for a wedding but for dan and i were it was actually 
like better given our Perfect. preferences. <laughs> hey, if you can get home at a decent time. Yeah. <laughs> so some of those things and like the fact that like it had to be a smaller crowd, that was like good for Dan and I. <laughs> so yeah. maybe yeah. we're like made for COVID times. Yeah. Um, no, maybe so. Hey, some people are. Some people are enjoying a lot of the things that happen now. So maybe this is just an aspect you both enjoy. You get to be home early. Yeah. And yeah, so it was nice. Um, I don't know if I mentioned we got married in like a little church, a little Catholic yeah. church right on the water, which was really nice. And um, yeah, like, obviously, it was super stressful leading up to sure. the day. And like, like right up until I think like, by the time we got to the bar and I was so in the zone, I was just like, this is happening. This is happening. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely it was the point of no return and so like I kind of forgot like like obviously I didn't forget COVID was happening but like I was so in like the wedding mindset like it wasn't even really on my radar at that point um so we're just so glad that we went ahead and did it considering that um you know some people postponed and they've pushed it yeah um later to this year and at this point like God only knows what's going to happen. You might have to postpone it again, like we're seeing with movies happen, right? Where yeah. you get a postponement and then it gets pushed again, which, you know, you would not want to do. It would add to that stress. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm so happy with how everything turned out. Yeah. And um, it wasn't necessarily the wedding that we envisioned at first, but it certainly worked out to be a really beautiful day. So we're glad that everything went ahead. And, um, yeah, Uh, we'll Well, have, sorry, sorry, go ahead. ahead. No, no, finish up. I was just going to say, we're going to have some pretty good stories to tell in the next couple years. But like I said, I said at the wedding, like when I was thanking everyone, I said, you know, in five years, we'll be able to laugh about this. Right now, I'm too stressed to do that. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's what hindsight does, yeah. right? Like looking back on things allows you to laugh at things, which I think is very, like to me, I've always found that very therapeutic. Exactly. If you can look back at stressful situations and laugh, that's a really good thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 what I wanted to say was, uh, and you show, you know, showing your dedication to the show, you were on the show last week, you're on the show this week through all this stress. I mean, that's how much you love our fans. Uh, exactly. That you're to be here. And the fact that we gave you no choice and we're forcing you to be here, but they don't need to know that. Um, but I do, I have a couple things here. So a few fans sent in some congratulations for you, Taylor, but oh. they sent in two, they sent in two scenarios. One, if you got married and one, if you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to read the got married ones. Th- three fans did this, I think independently of each other, which is funny, but let me, uh, let That's me read great. these two. Uh, Lily is the first one, uh, who wrote in and, and I just, I'll read her preamble, which is, uh, Michael, I want you to only read this first section if Taylor got married. And please do not read the second section. Um, only if she did not get married, please read that one. So I'll read you the, the good one because okay. you got married. Uh, so Lily says, congratulations, Taylor. I really hope everything went well for you that weekend. Uh, you guys bring a lot of joy and life uh, to my week with your podcast. So I hope you had a great time uh, and got a good chance to rest and party even during these times. Signed, Lily. Aw, thanks, Lily. Uh, and then we've also got another uh, fan here. Now, I believe I, I recognize the name, but this came through the website, not the email. So I guess it's someone who has emailed before. It's Colt. 
Uh, Colt, I guess, has, has emailed us before, but it, it came through the website. Colt just says, hi, Mike and Taylor. I just wanted to send my congratulations on to Taylor um, uh, for her wedding. This is, again, assuming that it happened. If it didn't happen, I'm really sorry that it didn't happen. Uh, COVID-19 uh, has changed all of our lives, but I've really enjoyed listening to both of you on the podcast. Taylor, congratulations, and please pass my congratulations along to Dan as well. Oh, thank you. So that's from Colt. And then our last one comes in from your biggest fan, Erica. Oh! Erica wrote in and said, Taylor, I'm so happy for you. I do hope this wedding did go through for you. I may disagree with a lot of your thoughts on movies and life in general. I don't know why I should put it in there. Um, but Because um, <laughs> it's but Erica. I, yeah, because it's Erica and she's got it. But I am very, very, very happy for you. And I'm glad that you found somebody uh, who makes you happy. You're, you're always a bright spot on this show, even though I don't enjoy everything that you say. I do enjoy having to listen to you each week. Signed, Erica. Thanks, Erica. So there you go. I think that's the best you could have hoped for. Yeah. From Erica. So there you go. Erica, Lily, and Cole on to send along. Congratulations to you. Erica does what my family calls a kiss and a slap. (laughs) A kiss and a slap? What is that? (laughs) Like you give a compliment, but also like it's a compliment, but then something like a dig, right? Like that was a kiss and a slap. Is that something that people do? Is this very common? Yeah. (laughs) Happy happy you got married. You have bad ideas. You have bad opinions. Okay. But thank you, Erica. I appreciate it. And yeah, Colt and Lily. I, I, I liked her little, yeah, that's very funny. That she's happy she got you got married, but she doesn't uh, always enjoy everything you say. Yeah. So there you go. Um, but yeah, I, I I wanted to read those to you. And, and it was just funny that they all noted, hey, only read this if. <laughs> if it's good news. <laughs> it's, yeah, it, as if I would have read them anyway. It's like, oh, well, you didn't get married. Here's some congratulations to rub it in. I feel um, like our fans don't think we like each other. Um, that didn't that come up once? I thought someone emailed in and said we we didn't like each other. I I do vaguely remember that. Well, we do so like I each other. Right. I think we're fine. Like yeah. I, I don't even think we've even had like an argument on this show about well, a movie. Like, I feel like we've more or less are on the same page, and if we're not, we're pretty respectful of it. So I don't know. I think I think it was more just maybe. Maybe they were questioning, especially Colt and Lily. Maybe they're just questioning my ability to be sensitive. Yeah, you know, let's maybe it's that. Um, but yeah, though, that's what our fans said. We do have a fan question as well, but we'll get into that once we get into the show. But uh, again, Taylor, congratulations to you and Dan. I'm sure more fans will probably write in as they actually found out uh, we left people on the hook a little bit. Someone actually wrote into the website, but again, they didn't leave their email, so I'll address that later in the show. They they wrote in, "Did Taylor get married?" Question mark. But I couldn't respond. And like no name or anything? No name. Like I don't even know who it is. I think they just thought of it as like a chat window or something. Um, so I'll do that later in the show, just to explain to people how that works. But uh, I'm sure people were waiting to hear whether or not you got married. I did. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for the concern and for the congratulations. You are now married. Um, so, yeah, today uh, today's going to be a, a little bit of a transition show as we we kind of – get uh, sent Taylor away because you're actually going to miss next week. We should let our fans know you won't be here next week. Um, you're that's, taking some time. That's true. I'm, we're going on a little honeymoon to Picton. So yeah. we are, we're not, I'm not taking a break from movies. Dan actually suggested that we go to classic video and rent a whole pile of movies. So um, my honeymoon will very much be 
still movie oriented. <laughs> I just won't be available to record. Yeah, um, so that, which is which is fine, and we knew that, and and we're we're going to give you that one, Taylor. Yes, we're thank you. Be here for two weeks, and we'll give you that one. But upon your return, you can tell us what movies did you pick, um, yeah. and why, and maybe we can get at your list of what did you take on your honeymoon movies. I feel like as like a spoiler or a sneak peek. Yeah. Um, Paddington will be on the list. Paddington will be on there. Okay, there you go. <laughs> There's a sneak peek. Find out more October twentieth. Yeah. Um, so next week, uh, just so people know, uh, at when Taylor's away, things often happen in a certain way, and that way is happening. I'm not going to tell everyone what it is. I'm just teasing this. But if you pay attention to this show, if you know what who I am and what we talk about here a lot, you know exactly what next week's episode's about. So uh, stay tuned for that with a special guest next week. When the Taylor. When the cat's away, the mice will play. And that's your hint, everybody. <laughs> if, you're, if you know this show, that's a deep cut. If you know this show, you know exactly what we're doing next week. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then upon Taylor, upon your return, we'll chat a little bit uh, about what movies you took on your honeymoon. Um, but for today, um, I'm going to review The Skeleton Key, uh, which is a movie back in 2005, thriller horror movie, to kick off our October spooky fest, because we will have Ooh. some episodes coming uh one near halloween which i'm I'm very excited about and i think our fans will enjoy what we're doing for halloween this year um and then we do have a fan question from josh that we'll get to next um and then i thought um we talk a little bit about some recent movie news just because uh without things changing i think we should address it and talk about it but let's get to josh's questions first because they're always a delight um so josh says oh hey both questions are for both of us, so there you go. He's giving us a, a treat. We, we get the same question. Um, do you think that COVID has allowed for more amateur or lesser-known content producers to be exposed to more mainstream platforms due to big-budget movies being halted? Um, it's a great question, and I don't know how you feel about this, Taylor, but I, I have a, a sneaky feeling that the rest of 2020 – is is not really going to see another major movie release, not like we saw with Tenet. Um, so I think it could, but I think that to me, this is an opportunity for the awards movies and the festival circuit to get their movies on streaming platforms and get it to people because that's all they have. Like, I feel like this is an opportunity for movies that normally, you know how people always go to the Oscars, like, I've never heard of this movie that's up for Best Picture, but it's actually a good movie. Mm -hmm. I think this is an opportunity that should be taken advantage of. Yeah, it's hard to, um, kind of the platforms that I use would be like YouTube and Netflix. Those are like the Mm -hmm. main things. And I would say, I will say that I've been watching, um, a little bit more YouTube content than I would otherwise be. Um, Which has a lot of amateur stuff there. Like that's a lot. Yeah, of so like I guess in a way, like um, Trixie Mattel. If anyone, if anyone is a fan of RuPaul's Drag Race, may know Trixie Mattel. Um, she's one of the drag queens, and she won um, one of the All Star seasons. Um, she uploads content to her YouTube channel once, once a week. Um, and they're fairly lengthy videos, like 10 plus minutes. 
So I've been watching um, a lot of her content on YouTube and through Trixie Mattel, I've discovered another drag artist named Juno Birch and Juno Birch also uploads a lot of content. Um, sorry, I should say, um, I believe um, Juno's pronouns are they and them. Um, mm-hmm. But Juno uploads a lot of content as well and on Instagram. So I guess in a way I have been watching alternative sort of like independent um i should also mention trixie mattel has a documentary out on netflix and i believe that came out during covid um and i watched it during the pandemic kind of i would say in the early days of the lockdown so yeah i would uh and i'm sure tiktok tiktok's not something that i kind of pay attention to or watch but i feel like TikTok has really had um, like I it's day in the sun during pan, during the pandemic. Yeah, like a lot of I see a lot of it kind of recycled on Instagram. I think it's a little bit. I think the users of TikTok are a little bit younger than us. Like, yeah, to I, be think so. I think it does target a bit of a younger demographic. Yeah, but you're right in that. I think it's it's produced a lot of content. Yeah, and I when I like. I feel like the people who are watching TikTok now were probably similar to my age when I was watching um, Vine. And so I think a lot of like people who were on Vine have migrated to TikTok. Um, And so I would say maybe like even TikTok would be an example of sort of an alternative platform. Um, I know a lot of like um, what we would say like internet comedians like what would have been like an like a youtube comedian i think they've migrated to tiktok so that's kind of my long-winded answer of saying um yes i think people are looking to alternative um, platforms or maybe platforms that we have always used but um are using more so even now um and like i just using myself as an example i certainly have been watching more youtube content um I've been meaning to watch the new Paris Hilton documentary that's on YouTube. It's interesting. Um, it, it seems like YouTube is kind of going the way of Netflix and starting to produce its own content. Um, there used to be, I think it was called YouTube red. Like there was a platform where you could subscribe, like you paid for a subscription and you could, avoid getting um ads and you would get like youtube specific content they had a couple shows that had like a season long yeah and you had to pay for it well so i thought maybe you had to pay for the paris hilton documentary it's not it's free so i feel like youtube because there's so many ways they can make revenue like through ad sales and stuff i feel like they can do that like they have to me at least again i don't 100 percent get how Netflix has so much money, yeah. but to me, YouTube has multiple sources. Like they can, you can pay for things. People can rent movies on there, but also with advertising, there's multiple sources of revenue that YouTube gets. Um, so to me, that makes sense. Like sometimes things would be able to be offered free because they can get revenue elsewhere. And in a way, it's kind of like, wow, why haven't they been doing that sooner? But then I yeah. think, well, Taylor, you've been watching BuzzFeed Unsolved for yep. like three plus years and that was free. Awesome. Yeah. And BuzzFeed is a great example of because of YouTube becoming popular when it did years ago, these like 
really amateur creators had an opportunity to do a lot of fun things. And you saw more and more of that happen. And I think a lot of people on YouTube have been able to have, you know, a pretty decent year of creating their own content and putting it out there because there's lots of people looking for it. I watched a really cool documentary on YouTube and I think it was through Buzz. It was produced by BuzzFeed. Um, It was about 30 minutes long. So again, like you don't really think of YouTube I mean, again, we're kind of dating ourselves, Mike, or I'm dating myself at least. YouTube used to be for like viral videos that were less than five minutes and like music videos. Yeah. You can say you're dating me too. Like, obviously I'm older than you. So I think people know yeah. that like, if you date yourself, then, then yeah. I'm I'm making older. you even older. <laughs> you're close enough that I know <laughs> what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm not much older. Exactly. So I'm still like... <laughs> pleasantly surprised when you yeah. find like long content on youtube because it, it, feels... it is still a shock isn't it yeah it is still a shock when you see something on youtube and it's like this is 30 minutes long and free yeah a youtube <laughs> could be two minutes like yeah, yeah. no i i 100 get what you're saying and i i still think it's a shock yeah so i don't remember that and, and i apologize i don't remember the name of this documentary it was shared through buzzfeed unsolved so if you follow buzzfeed unsolved on any of their social media platforms i'm sure you'd be able to find it. Highly recommend it. They're great. It was about um this this the produce like the man the man the young man who made the documentary. Um it was about his dad and his dad had a best friend in the 90s um in San Francisco, I think, Mm -hmm. and the best friend suddenly vanished, like without a trace essentially. And um, the dad never heard from his best friend ever again. And the documentary was about the son trying to track down the best friend. And um, it like used, it was very much of, I don't, I don't know if he made it during the pandemic, but, but it really relied heavily on like zoom, like zoom, like he would call his dad on zoom and like, you could see like him writing emails and stuff. So anyways, it was like really cool. And like, timely in in the pandemic in terms of like how he made the documentary yeah so again i guess this is a very long-winded way of saying yes i think content is being made um and maybe we are accessing it more than we would in regular times because in a way we are starved for new content and i would say like the stuff that i'm watching doesn't feel amateurish like the documentary i watched on uh that was produced by BuzzFeed. It felt like a a documentary you probably could have watched on Netflix. Yeah, and like the stuff that Trixie Mattel does, um, it is a lot of her doing her makeup. But again, like very high quality videos. Like it doesn't feel like early day YouTube. You can you can get some very good high quality stuff on YouTube. Again, I get what you're saying though. It is still a bit of a shock to see, but there's a lot of stuff on YouTube that that's really really good. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to watching. Eventually, I'm going to watch this Paris Hilton documentary. And I would be interested to hear if any of our viewers or our listeners have watched it already. Um, Again, I grew up at a time where Paris Hilton was a bit of a household name um, with The Simple Life and all that. So um, I guess she's kind of like a cultural touchstone for a lot of girls my age. And I'm sure some of our listeners are um, similar in age to me. I would love to know if you have seen it, if you're planning on seeing it, and what your thoughts are. Because um, I, aside from that BuzzFeed documentary, 
I really haven't watched a lot of like what I would say feature length. I don't think I've seen any feature length. And I think this is uh, the documentary is feature length. Yeah. Well, that's so. great. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, Josh's last question is on the similar vein. Do you think that big budget films will return to the forefront of the movie landscape post COVID-19 or has COVID changed how the movie industry will operate for years in the future, allowing for more independent work to play and continue to its prominent role? Signed, Josh, the Inquisitor. I think that the most interesting thing is the recent news, which we're going to get to after answering his question about the films that have been pushed back again and how I think now is the time to be alternative if you can get something up fast and maybe get something onto streaming services in a, in a faster way. Like I, I would love to see all of the TIFF films get sold to streaming platforms and that be the new releases through November and December leading up to award season. Like that would be great. What I think is still going to happen though is I think once COVID, whenever like I, I'm thinking years down the line, there's a vaccine or whatever – and we're back to everyone's comfortable going in large groups to things. I still think the studio system is going to be dominant in a lot of way because all these big films worked for a reason in terms of marketing to people. And I don't think that's going to change. I do just think that you can get to people easier now. They're all in their homes. We know where they are. It's easier to get them content on their platform. You just have to get it there and then promote it, which we often don't see to see out of Netflix and, and other platforms is promoting what they get. So that's what I think is going to happen. I don't know if it's really going to change the studio system, but I could be wrong. If this lasts for another year or two, people are going to go like bankrupt. Like that's going to happen. That not be, that's kind <laughs> of my thinking is that I think there'll still be a demand from audiences for blockbuster films. It will just be a matter of whether or not fiscally, studios will be able to afford it it might be the disney blockbuster you get a disney blockbuster every year yeah <laughs> or several, and that's it like you don't get other studios because producing. um i have already been seeing headlines that the film industry is essentially asking for bailouts yeah and um we're we're only just beginning well some say the united states never even ended its first wave here in canada yeah. we're entering our second um if like they can't weather the storm that I think that's going to be kind of the indicator is like financially can Hollywood afford to weather the COVID storm and find, and if financially they can't, that will radically change how movies are made um, it, in terms of it, budgets. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't, the thing is, is that there are smaller mo budget movies that get made even now that don't require large budgets. So they work like, I, I don't know. I keep thinking back to some of the horror movies we've talked about, or even like the, the M night Shyamalan Renaissance that he had where he did the visit, um, which was a movie that only cost $5 million to make. Yeah. What we um, call these like micro budgets. Yeah. These, and, and it grossed a lot of money, but like those are the types of movies that I would feel like they, people will start producing first. But once they make money, don't you think that that will turn things? Just look at M. Night Shyamalan. So, so five million bucks for the visit, and then like his next movie, Split, was still pretty low budget. I think it was only like ten to fifteen million or whatever. But then Glass, which is to finish off this sort of 
split unbreakable thing had like almost a hundred million dollar budget. Like I feel like people can't resist using the money. So they just, they, it's, it's one of the reasons why there was a, there was a disagreement and the director had to leave dead, the second Deadpool movie because he wanted to spend more money on digital effects and Ryan Reynolds wanted to keep it more like the first movie, mm-hmm. more grounded. But the director was like, well, we have the money though. Why not spend it? And I feel like too many people think that way. Yeah, like I just, um, I think it just comes down to a numbers game and there's no way of predicting how COVID is going to impact the, like, the, just like the finances. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. I think, like, no, you're right about that. For I sure. think, um, Certainly, there will always be a demand for blockbuster film um, and like these like like million and million million dollar budgets. I think there will be a demand for it. Um, I just don't know uh, when we'll be able to return to that. I think it might be a long time. Well, okay, so this might be a good time to bring up a couple things. So uh, Black Widow. And the new James Bond movie have officially been pushed to 2021. So the James Bond movie was actually set to come out in November. They officially pushed it to 2021. Um, Wonder Woman 1984 has been pushed back to Christmas Day. So still in 2020. I have a feeling it's going to get pushed again, just with the way things are going in the States. But these are like some of the big Ted Pole movies that, that these studios have been waiting to produce. Like that's Warner Brothers um, and that's Disney and it's like they need these films to go out. I suppose maybe Disney doesn't, but but certainly Warner Brothers does and these other studios that are trying to kind of compete with the monster that is Disney. And having those be pushed back again, like I think I'm pretty sure James Bond is not until April now, um, May for for Black Widow and then Wonder Woman. These are just the ones, the bigger blockbusters that I know of. We keep seeing these movies being pushed back and looking at even the new release schedules things are starting to clear again. Like there, there are theaters closing in the States again. Like there just doesn't seem to be this confidence that they're going to be able to open up. Sorry in advance. My dog is. Loose, <laughs> that's okay. I was wondering, it. I was like, is that on my end? Like what that's, is that going That's yeah, Teddy. That's no, Teddy. No worries. But, but you see what I'm saying about, you know, the fact that studios are starting to push things back. I feel as though this is, they're just going to keep pushing it and pushing it because they, they don't know. And I, the, the thing is they have, um, made an investment, right? Like they've paid, you know, that's, that's money that's been paid that they now need to recoup the costs, right? Like that's how it works is you sell tickets in order, order, in order to cover the budgets. Um, so they were really banking on, you know, selling tickets, putting butts in seats, right? Um, so really their only option is to wait out the pandemic, hoping that they'll be able to see pre COVID audiences or they're going to have to put on streaming services. Um, And again, I'm with you, Mike. I don't know how Netflix operates. I don't know how they have the money. They do it because um, it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know (laughs) how it works because eventually like how many, how many new people are paying for Netflix subscriptions? You know what I, I mean? wouldn't think that much, but apparently enough to keep going. Yeah. Like that's the thing. It's so confusing. So <laughs> I could almost see like studios opening their own streaming services. Well, I mean, a lot of them already have it. I mean, like Disney Plus would yeah, be I a guess. great spot to drop 
Disney films. I mean, they could drop it there. Warner Brothers, I guess, has HBO Max, but that hasn't really taken off. Um, and I don't think it's that popular yet. But again, you're right. These big movies, these big blockbusters that they people they want people to see in the theaters. Like I don't, I still don't know. I'll, we'll have to look it up because I'm very curious as to how Tenet did overall at the box office. Like how how they did how they did with with waiting and then releasing that. But every like I mean, when I went to see it, it was pretty empty, and I don't think the numbers were huge in terms of box office results. So I don't. I think studios are just like we don't want to lose that much money. Like we'd rather wait and play the waiting game then force it out in theaters, um, which is basically what Tenet did. Um, you know, it might even be something to say, something to be said about studios sort of making the, you know, the moral choice of waiting. Like I saw some, some um, like Russell Crowe got some backlash on Twitter for, um, you know, promoting his film, that movie you refused to see, the Oh yeah, whatever that is. Yeah, <laughs> grind to a halt. Or yeah, that um, his <laughs> recent movie. He got backlash from fans saying, you know, how could you encourage people to go to a movie theater right now to see your movie during a global pandemic? Um, and I think there was similar backlash to Tenet saying, you know, it's almost the unethical choice right now to be um, trying to push people to go to theaters when we're, you know, when it's. In a, in a way, unsafe in some communities, right? So, um, yeah. yeah, it's just an interesting time. Um, like I've said on multiple episodes, I don't have a crystal ball. I, there's really no way of knowing um, what the ramifications COVID uh, is going to have. But I think it's um, – I think it will – reshape our our movie going habits for a long time um i just don't know what what it's gonna look like yeah and it, you're absolutely right and no one knows for sure but but it seems and it's looking like we're probably looking at 2020 as a write-off for for movies for the rest of the year um hopefully we get some new streaming service releases here and there i know like festivals going online is great so i actually don't think the like award ceremonies people were talking about like how are the oscars gonna be affected i don't think they're gonna be affected that much there's lots of movies to choose from it's just no one's seen them um <laughs> so that that's more the problem so i i hope that netflix um amazon prime crave hbo max all these places like are able to purchase some of these films get some money back into the the pockets of the people who made these movies and put these movies on streaming services because i know i've watched them we've reviewed them we talk about them um but unfortunately there hasn't been there's been a few here and there there's scattered amounts but i want to see more because i just don't think we're going back to the movies in 2020 i have the tenant numbers here so let's just take a quick look at them so the budget for tenant was $205 million. Like that's the estimated budget. Now keep in mind, that doesn't include any of the marketing costs. So as a good general rule, they say about half your production budget, assume, you know, 50%, add 50% on top of it. So maybe let's just say for, for sake of it, $300 million is what tenant cost, right? So let's just say that that for, for argument's sake. Its cumulative worldwide gross was only $307 million. 
So they just, I think, broke even or got back to it because their opening weekend in the United States was only 20 million, Brutal. which is very low for for that big of a movie. So yeah, like I I think I honestly think that you're looking at this tenant going, they barely made their money back on a movie they would normally be grossing money on. But who's not to say um that they can't re-release it and make more oh, money on it later. They absolutely can. I think they might have to. Like if if you know I don't yeah that's the thing it's we don't have a crystal ball. But let's just say Next summer, things are better. There's a vaccine. Everything's open and things are a little bit back to normal. Um, they could re-release it. I think they might have to in order to continue to gross uh, money back from that. Um, but certainly in terms of its initial release, I don't think it did quite what they wanted it to. Maybe some studios are looking at that going, yes, the moral reasons for sure, but money is what – let's let's not be <laughs> kid ourselves. Money is what makes oh, yeah. all of these people make decisions. Maybe they're looking at it going, let's just wait. You I know, didn't. They, I don't think you can lose money on something if you don't release it, right? Like, Yeah, I guess. It's just waiting. Like it's just yeah, like it's an, it's just an investment that's waiting. Um, didn't Tenet, I think, has the worst opening weekend of any Christopher Nolan movie. Is that still um, true? I think so. Yeah. I, yeah. 20 million. Yeah. I don't even have to look that up. I'm confident that that's true. Yeah. So. Because normally his movies, for a big movie like this, especially in the summer, it probably would have grossed somewhere between 150 and 300 million, depending upon. But with the hype behind it being Christopher Nolan, easy. It could have hit those numbers. Yeah. At that like, point, I'm, it doesn't even matter if it's a bad movie. You know, people just yeah. want to go see it. Because Star opening Wars. weekend, you don't usually know. If it's a bad movie, right? So the opening numbers are usually high. Like the new Star Wars movies that have been. Well, easily 300, 400 million first weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we just won't, we just will not see people going to the movies. No, I don't think so. And I think even in terms of, you know, this show, we're going to look at other things. Like we're going to try to look at other things and, and do other things on a show because, you know, we're, I, I feel like we're in the same boat of, it's not really that safe for people to go to films. We'll try to go to movies if we feel safe, but we're not going to force anyone and we're not going to, you know, we've got to work with what we've got. And unfortunately we're in a position where I think things are going to not come out <laughs> in the next couple of months. And that's just, that's just the fact of life right now. Yeah. It's just not worth going right now. that's why we review films like the skeleton key um which you know we is the film that i saw this week uh to to kind of get us set for what i'm hoping will be we've got some time in october to do some horror stuff i always like the theme october because it's my favorite kind of movie month i find other than prepping for the oscars i really enjoy you know watching a bunch of spooky movies around october oh yeah Um, no question so I, I just I know we're going to do something closer to Halloween, and I'm sure we'll talk about stuff as we get there. But I thought, hey, let's kick off the month with um, a, a kind of horror thriller film that I hadn't seen. This is a movie that I missed from. I from can't my- believe. Okay, so Nicole and I, Nicole, one of our frequent um, writers in who um, frequent guest too. Yep, frequent guest, our TIFF yeah. correspondent. Um, yes. She was one of my bridesmaids, and we're getting ready. And she goes, we're getting ready for the wedding. She goes, 
you guys are talking about the skeleton key on Tuesday. (laughs) And we watched this movie when it first came out in 2005. And for some reason, we're like, we were really into it. Like we watched it more than once. And we like went to Universal Studios in California and took pictures with the car from that movie. Okay, hold on. You're you're pulling my leg. No. <laughs> you, you, this really happened? Yeah, so that's why Nicole and I looked at each other and we're like, why is he reviewing Skeleton Key? Okay, hold on. Hold on. Wait a minute. We <laughs> Hold on. Okay. Why 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 this film? Cuz cuz you got you said you guys were really like obsessed with it at the time. Yeah. Cuz that's that's something I've heard from from several people and I why? So I missed it. That's why I'm watching it. It's like, I missed this movie. I've so heard a lot about it. That movie came out 15 years ago? Yeah, 2005. 15 years ago, actually, this. I think it came out in, in October. So, 15 so we were years 13 ago. when that movie came out. Yeah. And I don't know, like, to be honest, like, Nicole has a much better memory than I do. And, sure. like, my memory is not as bad as yours, Mike, but it is, like, not <laughs> as good as Nicole. Like, Nicole kind of has yeah. an elephant memory. And so, yeah. like, she could probably recount all the plot points to you. I don't even really remember what the movie's about. There's, like, voodoo, I think. Yes. Well, yeah. that's the thing. Like, this this movie came out during my prime movie-watching time because, I okay, well, here, here comes the official we're going to date <gasps> ourselves. You were 13 back then. I was wrapping up high school. Um, that was my final, 2005 was my final year of high school. Um, so it was my prime time for watching films, but I completely missed this one. Like I never saw it. But like I've your never, friends, never so you're saying, but your friends have seen it. Oh, oh, most of my friends have seen it. Um, I've heard a lot about it. Uh, the people I watched this with had all seen it and, and loved the film. I, I, I was, I don't get it. I don't get the hype is what I mean. Like the film I get and it was fine. Like it was, it was a kind of a fun thriller. I found more so than a horror movie. But to, to hear you say that you and Nicole were also obsessed with it at that time, I've heard that exact story from several people. Like, oh, I was obsessed with that movie. Why? Nicole, <laughs> Nicole so and I want to know why now, Mike? Why now in 2020 are you watching <laughs> the beloved film Skeleton Key? I was forced into it against my will. Okay, that's why. Okay, I was forced into it. I was going to go see something else, but I kind of ran out of time and I already had these plans set for Saturday night and the plans were to watch this Skeleton Key movie. So I... Was it a date? Well, okay, yes, sort of. It was with it was with this girl I'm seeing, but it was also with her mother. <laughs> uh, and her brother, oddly enough, we decided to also watch the movie. So I was locked in to watching this movie, and I ran, and I was like, "Oh no!" But I got to see a movie Saturday to review, and then I was like, "I guess I'm reviewing by the default." <laughs> by default, because I ran out of time. Like I had a really busy weekend, uh, and Sundays are unfortunately a write off because it's football season. Um, so it's my own fault. But still, by the time I get to Sunday, I'd like to have watched the movie. And yeah, I, I So why did they pick it though? Was it like, oh, they, because they you've it. never they seen love it? it? They love it. They love the movie. No, no, no. It's not that I've never seen it. They love it. They it's their favorite movie, I guess. I don't know. I love that it's movie. like a family affair. It's a family affair to watch the skeleton key, I guess, every year, and I was there for it, and it was it was fine. 
that's the thing. Like I watched the movie and I was like, the whole time I'm like, okay, well something crazy is going to happen. And that's going to be the thing. Cause I have a movie like that. There's a movie called Finder's Feet. That's an only an okay movie, but the twist at the end makes, makes the it worth movie. it. Yeah. So worth it. And I was watching this movie and like, well, something's going to happen. And even the thing that happened at the end, I was like, okay. <laughs> like I just, it was fine. My official review of the Skeleton Key is it's a fine movie. It's a more of a thriller to me. I was never really scared. The jump scares never really got me, but I don't understand the hype, not just from this family, but now you too. And I've also, I do have other friends who I said, oh yeah, I'm reviewing the Skeleton Key on my show this week. And they're like, oh, I used to be obsessed with that movie. Like I've heard that now from at least five other people. In now including the two of you. So I don't understand the hype around this movie, but I guess, yeah, it's, you know, the, they, they love it. Let's see the reception. So, oh, wow. Um, Rotten Tomatoes reports that 38% of 149 survey critics gave the film a positive review. The average rating is 5.3. The site's consensus reads, thanks to its creaky and formulaic script, the skeleton key is more mumbo jumbo than hoodoo and more dull than scary. Um, it got three, See, three okay. out of five stories from the guardian. Yeah. I just, See, okay. Yeah. It, it, to me, yeah. That makes more sense to me. Like to me, this is a bit of a middle of the ground movie. I, I don't agree that it was boring. I was never bored. I, I thought the atmosphere of it was actually quite well done. Like the direction and the creepy atmosphere. I thought they did a good job with there definitely were no scares and there were no real moments of, 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 wow, that was an amazing written moment. Like, it's definitely not written as a masterpiece. It's just kind of okay, but I do think they do a good job, a little better than that review saying, of making it a creepy atmosphere. Because you do, like, so the main character, Kate Hudson, um, you do fear for her life several times. Like, you fear for her, and you feel the tension that she's feeling. So I, I do disagree with that a little bit. But hearing, like, on average, people give it a five, what is that, 5.3 out of 10? Yeah, Wait, that no. is, yeah, yeah, five point three out of ten. That makes like sense. 50, to me. 50. But yeah. yeah, I would give this movie a five, maybe a six. Um, you know that, but that that might that would probably be it. Like it was, it was okay, a decent thriller, not really a horror movie. I got, I didn't guess the ending, but I was close to what was going on. Um, so maybe I guess that goes in the. For me. Like, and again, I'm not going to say it was an unpleasant film to watch. It wasn't boring, but I don't understand the hype that's all around it. Um, you know, f from her and her family, from you and, and Nicole, from my friends who said they've seen it when they, when they were younger, I somehow missed this movie and I don't understand it was maybe when we're all younger is that maybe this movie does not age well. I mean, it is 15 years old. I don't know. I mean, like movies in the two thousands weren't, like stand out you know what i mean so i feel like when movies came out that's right like, no you're absolutely right because i can name movies in the 90s or 80s where i'm like wow it holds up today but the 2000s especially that time it's a lot harder to name a film that's like this one stands the test of time and i think sometimes horror doesn't age well and, i don't know if you would agree with that taylor and well yeah that's true and so i guess like when you're looking like probably what else came out that summer right like this movie yeah came out in august of 2005 it probably was a slow movie month and so nicole and i went to see it and <laughs> thought it was great 
Because when you're comparing it to everything else, right? Like everything's comparative. But clearly it stuck with us. And, you know, we saw the it was noteworthy enough that Universal Studios decided to keep the car and put the car on display. Yeah. Well, and again, like, I, you know, as I mentioned, like the, the woman I'm seeing, she she loves the film. And it's like, well, you know, that's all well and good. I just don't. Again, we talked about this before. I think we had a fan question being like, in relationships, if someone saw a film, would you judge them for it? No. Like, whatever. If she loves this movie, she loves this movie. That's fine. It's just, I, the hype just seems so much. Like, they would keep a car. Like, it's it's that iconic that you need to get your picture taken next to the car. Which makes me <laughs> think that 2005 was not a good year for film. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, if that was, like, of all of the, like, um, props that they could have kept in 2005. That was yeah. the one they kept. Um, well, and maybe like, again, maybe it's like when you're, so you said you guys were 13. Yeah. So maybe when you're 13 and there's not much else going on, this was for the time, a groundbreaking movie. Just like I'm thinking like, maybe this movie means more to the family you know, right. uh, they saw it all together when it, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe it's just like, Oh, we all love this. So we watch it more so than, cause I believe that that works like that. You can elevate films for nostalgia purposes beyond what they are. Um, and that's okay. Again, I'm not, I'm not going to, to bash the skeleton key. Cause I don't even think it's, it's bash worthy. It's, it's an okay, fine movie. I enjoyed it. I would give it a stream it like, Sure, watch it or airplane it. Watch it on an airplane. Like it wasn't a waste of time. It it just surprises me to hear the car thing and to hear the hype and and it. But it also it's interesting that you, you know I thought it was just her and her family. I thought it was like you guys just love this movie to hear that you and Nicole did and yeah. you had pictures taken. Yeah, we. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it so much better. Like you have no idea how better that makes it. It's very funny. You know what though? Maybe Nicole can, hopefully Nicole is listening to this episode. She is such a, a good friend. She does listen to the show every week. So maybe she can write in and, and like explain why we liked it. I'm almost inclined to think that we liked it in like a meme sort of way. Like we used to quote the movie. I do know that. Like, is there, like, it's, like, I wish, like, I was, all weekend I'm trying to think of, like, what we used to quote from that movie. Um, Papa Justify. Yep, we used to think. Yeah, yeah, yes. Papa (laughs) Justify something something. Like, there's, like, a line that has Papa Justify in it. And we used to say it all the time. So I feel like maybe we liked it from, like, almost like a, a meme like we liked it maybe like um like uh ironically maybe yeah um but maybe nicole can write in and and remind me did we like it actually because it was a good movie or did we like it because we were kind of making fun of it (laughs) yeah well and again that's also a fine way to like a movie there's lots of movies that my friends and i like because we love making fun of it but this Um, family that you saw it with there they like it because they actually think it's a good movie oh for sure yeah no yeah she she's totally into it um and her mom's totally into it and her brother seemed into it um i i thought the movie was fine like again i i told them i thought it was pretty good and and i you know i would stick by that it's not like it was an awful movie i just don't understand to the level yeah it's not top tier it's not a movie that you would show you wouldn't 
like invite the whole family over and say, no, hey. I wouldn't. Um, no, I definitely wouldn't. Um, but you know, would this if this movie ended up in a pile to watch one Halloween, would I have a problem with it? No. Fair you know, enough. It's like that type of thing. It's like, oh yeah, whatever. Throw on skeleton key. It's spooky enough that like gets you in the mood. And actually, I kind of what I will say positively about it, I kind of think it was a nice way to kick off October because it's it's more story heavy than it is horror and thriller. And it's a good, like, It's atmospheric. Up. It's very atmospheric. Yes. 100%. Like, to me, I want to warm myself up to watch The Nun near the end of the month. You know, like, yeah. that's the idea. Like, let's, let's build up to that. And so for me, Skeleton Key was, was a good one to kick off with that. Again, I would just say it probably belongs for me more in the airplane at stream it mode than, than the, the hype of, like, I don't think I would ever take my picture next to a car. You know, I don't we think did. I would do that. I'm sure Nicole <laughs> still has the picture somewhere. <laughs> well, yeah, find that. Let's see. If put she it on our put it on our Instagram. We will. We will put that on our Instagram if, if Nicole can locate it. Um, but yeah, Skeleton Key. You know, it, it's a it's an okay movie. Do I love it as much as uh, as uh, this family does? Nope. Um, but hey, that doesn't. I'm not going to end a relationship over a movie, right? We talked about that, so. No, there not yet, go. at least. We'll see what she picks not next. <laughs> not yet, yeah. Um, <laughs> I well, there kid, you go. Pretty, I kid. Yeah. That brings us to the end of this week's episode, everybody. Thank you for, for tuning in. Just a quick reminder, if you do want to email the show, if you do want to uh, participate or ask questions, go to our website, screeningandkingston.com. There's a form there. Please do leave your name, even if you don't want to relieve uh, a, an email, that's okay, but please just leave your name so we know who you are, we can address to you. Name, email, quick question, that's all it needs, um, especially if you ask a question that you expect an answer to. Um, I couldn't, whoever you are that asked, is Taylor, did Taylor get married? Uh, I do, I can't respond to you, so well, you got your answer. Well, we're responding now, yes. Yes, <laughs> now you know. <laughs> uh, but thank you again, everybody, uh, for tuning in, and uh, next week we got something really special coming your way, so I'm looking forward to it. Go see some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. Recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network.